Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Oh, Jove, much honored, Jove, supremely great. To thee, our holy rites we consecrate, our prayers and expiations, King divine, for all things round thy head exalted shine. The earth is thine and mountains swelling high, the sea profound and all within the sky. Saturnian king, descending from above, magnanimous commanding sceptered Jove, all parent, principle, and end of all, whose power almighty shakes this earthly ball. Even nature trembles at thy mighty nod, loud sounding, armed with lightning, thundering God. Source of abundance, purifying king, O various formed from whom all natures spring. Propitious hear my prayer, Give blameless health with peace divine and necessary wealth. Don't mind me reading from the Orphic hymns, specifically the Orphic hymn to Jupiter, but I would have done that privately anyway before doing this pod, and I thought I might as well bring you in. Um, <clears throat> the Orphic hymns are kind of the tea, FYI. Um, there's pretty much one for everything. There's one for every planet. There's one for, I did, I, I read the one last night to, um, to the night. Um, so, you know, they're a good way if you're wanting to be channeling planets or just getting in the zone. Planets, gods, archetypes with daylight, with life, death, whatever. The Orphic hymns are a nice way to start because it's basically like you get to just read poetry and set a nice intention. Um, so, you know, we are going to talk about Jupiter today, and I know we've talked about Jupiter a lot on this podcast, but this is a moment, um, so shit's kind of going down and, and everyone can feel it, um, for a lot of reasons, which I'm going to get into. So let me just cover some business. I mean, I know we're all, you know, you are all just absolutely salivating. Um, so let's just get into it first of all. Hi. The Mars and Gemini thing is, it, it, uh, you know, Mars has been retrograde since August 30th, and it's going to be retrograde till January to say that I have, I have changed my mind about what I'm doing and where I'm going, coming, going, leaving, stay, New York, LA, Tel Aviv, whatever, boring, boring, boring every day. You know, it, it is we all knew this would be a time of outrageous um, ambivalence and indecision, but I'm just like, I'm just watching myself like becoming a neurotic Jewish American princess Jap who's like planning for her wedding. I'm like, these aren't like important things. I mean, they are, it's like my destiny, but like you're acting like a lunatic. Um, so I just want to say like, 
hey, uh, we're all kind of in that. I also want to say with, with Mars and Gemini, look, when I wrote my Mars and Gemini piece for Nylon, you know, a lot of it did have to do with the election because elections are about choice. And then we look at Gemini, which is the sign of duality. We're looking at Mars, the sign of action, conflict, war, and Mars is going retrograde. So, you know, I don't want to really subscribe to this narrative of like the Trump people like resoundingly lost and it was like a stand for democracy because I was like, that's kind of not (laughs) what happened. Like if you look across the board and like as we can see, whatever is like looming in Florida and Georgia is like even more sinister. And, you know, uh, fresh from my leaving Israel, Bibi Netanyahu is now back with like the worst coalition ever. But then on the other hand, you have the Lula stuff. I'm not even trying to get partisan with this. I'm just saying, like, I did say in the Nylon piece, like, the thing with Mars and Gemini is it might reveal the other side or reveal the blind side. And maybe it's helping people see the inverse or see the other side. So, you know, maybe people who are super neoliberal are really now just like, okay, I've had it with inflation. Or, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's the inverse. Maybe people who were... Um, like pro Alex Jones are like, oh, actually, I would like, you know, a government that actually like um, wasn't um, like the scarecrow scene in The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, the point is we are seeing the duality and we're seeing like a little bit of both and the both is happening on opposite ends on opposite ends. So I'm not saying that there's like some resounding victory or like, uh, I don't, it's Gemini, it's both. So we're just seeing, like, it ain't over till it's over. And, and, you know, this is going with a lot of what I've been saying, which is, like, look, next year, I mean, we're about to talk about Jupiter and Aries. Pluto's going into Aquarius. um, Saturn's going into Pisces. I really, if you're still talking about how, like, the world is ending or whatever, like, I, I just can't hear it anymore. Clearly, new evil, new good, new new whatever is springing up and it's a you got to deal with the ambiguity like we're we're gonna have to move on okay um and i think by the way you know i i i talked about this in a recent newsletter but the white lotus is doing you know i think i agree i think um uh, a dear friend of mine and also my dad have both brought up to me like it feels a little written this season but i will say like in terms of the character archetypes, I'm quite pleased um, because the the Aubrey Plaza character, it's like, yeah, I don't really want to hang out with you. Like, you suck. Um, meanwhile, the Daphne character, I'm like, you know, she might be onto something, okay? Like, maybe one should be enjoying life, okay? And also when Portia says, you know, I just want to have fun. I want to meet someone who's not in the discourse. It's like, honey... We just had a Taurus eclipse. Uranus is in Taurus. The North Node's in Taurus. Like, if that isn't what's happening, like, you're missing the point completely. Dexter and I were talking about how all Taurians are, like, not cool. (laughs) Just because, like, we don't really want to be edgy. We just want to be, like, rich or and or hot. Like, Adele is just, like, making music about, like, drinking wine and being rich you know what i mean it's like even janet jackson who's like the greatest musical pioneer of all time it's like 
she doesn't come off as cool just because we don't it's hard for us to make that effort um okay with the white lotus um all right i have to say something fresh air by the way, I've been listening to the Fresh Air Archives with Terry Gross. There are some gems. The Audrey Lord. The Audrey Lord, the Gore Vidal. Whew, Gore Vidal talking shit about Norman Mailer and saying that Norman Mailer is too tense for television. Ooh, okay. Um, Fresh Air has been bringing in, like, a new correspondent. I guess Terry, listen, you know, Terry deserves a break. Um, I don't know if this is my own jealousy as someone who's been doing interviews for like 15 years, but they're not good. Their interview with Michael Imperioli was a waste of Michael Imperioli's talent. So I just want to put that out there. Michael Imperioli's hair on White Lotus is excellent. Theo James looks like the Cheshire Cat. Um, we're going to talk about, we're going to bring up Portia a bit in a minute um yeah Porsche's about to resound return when we, we get into this um but let's get go over the rest of the business so i did watch barbarian god it's been a while since we've recorded i did watch barbarian everyone and let me tell you the minute they pulled out a copy of jane Eyre, i said this is a movie for me you know the issue with a movie like barbarian is I'm just always going to compare everything to Scream and and that's not fair, but I just think that Scream and I, you know, this was a big problem with us. This was a big problem with Candyman. It's like somehow Scream packs in so much character development and exposition without like slowing down or losing pace and Barbarian. I liked that it was very spare and that it was pretty like economical but I did want a little more for her. I, I She was incredible and I love the way it ended. I just wanted a little more for her. But regardless, in terms of, you know, Meg, my friend Meg and I went to see Don't Breathe in theaters and we were, that's one of the most anxiety, uh, anxiety introducing experiences of our life. Um, and this was similar. Uh, when I saw the Evil Dead remake, the director was in the theater and there was one point where I screamed so loud that I jumped and my popcorn went everywhere. And the I didn't know the director was in the theater. Everyone laughed at me. And then after they revealed he was there and I was like, you know, he got his show, by the way, I am the show. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't, it's interesting with, um, with the Jane Eyre thing, because I was just listening on the fresh air archives to, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson interview about Phantom Thread, and it's like you know the Bertha Mason arc. She's she's the woman in the attic. Is like a very fun. She's always there. You know what I mean? Um, I saw Armageddon Time on Halloween at eleven p.m. at the Regal Theater. Every the the six men in that theater, who I th assume were uh, were like film critics. All of us, everyone in that theater had mental health issues, I think we can say. I got out of the theater. It was raining, Halloween night, by Union Square, 300 cops. There must have been some sort of event. Um, you know, it's just kind of a, a horrible nightmare from hell. I did not love the movie. 
Um, I want to be really clear. I don't think the movie has a Jew face issue or Jewish blackface. Um, they accused Anthony Hopkins of like uh, of it. That's not the situation in that movie. Um, the movie, it, it's just not like it. The movie's finely acted. Anne Hathaway's fine. Jeremy Strong is fine. Jewish blackface. <clears throat> I want to be be clear. Is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? <laughs> when it becomes like a dance monkey dance thing, where you have Jews like, look how adorable they are, look how funny they are, look how precious they are, look at these Gentile actors like approximating like these wild, cute Jews, then we have a problem. I don't necessarily need. Um, Anthony Hopkins to be Jewish in like an authentically told Jewish story. My issue with it was that it just felt, mm, I, I don't know. It's just, I'm sorry to say this. It's not transparent. It's just not, it, it was an interesting story. And I think it did a really good job of like really confronting the Jewish Aries narrative of like, we're not always the victims, you know, that we think we are. And also, like, the, the, there, listen, I think there need to be a hundred movies now more than ever about the, the complicated relationship between Jewish people and black people. And I'm glad there's a new Phil Spector documentary that's going to unpack that shit. But, like, and this movie is good for that, but it just wasn't enough. Like, I just didn't, the characters' worlds just weren't enough. It's just not transparent. Like, I'm sorry. I, I just, I, it's not. Um, speaking of Jews, God, I have so much to talk about everyone. I'm so sorry. Speaking of Jews, I have completed my rewatch of Broad City. I gotta tell you that first season, and it was such a big show for me. And it was kind of like that and girls being on at the same time was pretty much like what brought me to New York. I was like, I can't be in LA. That first season... I, you just watch it and you're like, who the fuck are these girls and where did they come from? And like, there will never be anything like them again. It's just, they're so, I don't know. It, it, it's like a transmission from another dimension. It's so special. And, and I have to tell you that last season, I'd forgotten how the show ends. And it really, those last three episodes really snuck up on me. I was really emotional. Uh, you know, when Abby says, I'm 30 years old, I'm done with New York. Oof, I was crying a lot. So, you know, I'm clearly going through it. Um, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this. I saw my police, I watched my policeman. You know, I had heard that Harry Styles was bad. <laughs> and then I thought, how bad, what is bad? How bad can an actor be? Well, <laughs> with Leos and Aquarians, especially Leo and Aquarian rock stars. And I'm really curious to see what Rina Sawayama is like in John Wick 4, because she's kind of an archetypal Leo. It's hard to get them to play someone else. Case in point, Razzie winner for worst actress of the 20th century, Madonna, who we know is the ultimate music video star and greatest rock star. I think when she needs to be someone else. I think this happens with uh, Leo Charlie Theron a lot. This happens with Aquarians too, which is the case with Harry Styles. It, it's, I think it's a really bizarre concept for them that they need to act as another human being. 
I think a tor- a Scorpio certainly can jump in. I just think it, 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 it doesn't, they don't really understand the concept of like, you're tell you're saying these lines as another person. You're not you. It's like for them, they're like, but I'm already here. Like, why do I have to do more than like, just exist? You know what I mean? Um, Henry Cavill is back. Henry Cavill born the day before me. Henry Cavill. I want to say the thing I want to do most in life is write the next Superman movie or write a Superman movie or write Superman comics. It's just, I know I got it. I know I'm the one who knows what to do. So please call me um, and we will, we will put that, that Taurus man to use. Okay. Um, Carly Rae Jepsen album. Thank you. Scorpio, you know, she and Tove Lo have done us both favors this month. Um, but Carly Rae, it's like, fuck when that bitch is back, that bitch is back. You know what I mean? She just doesn't make bad music. Neither does Tove. Uh, the Tove Lo album is excellent, by the way. They're both just giving it. Okay. Um, I saw After Sun, who cares? Uh, Crown season five, not not you know elizabeth debicki love the woman dominic west give me a break imelda staunton imelda staunton who i do think deserves an oscar for her role as professor umbridge in harry potter she's doing great work as the queen and her line delivery is excellent the season's a bit dreary for me you really you don't realize how much you miss Gillian Anderson until you realize how much you miss Gillian Anderson. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Um, I miss the camp of Gillian Anderson. All of these things need a little camp, which brings me to Tar. <laughs> you know, Kate Blanchett, Double Taurus, understands the value of camp. Like, and I'm not get you know, I think that word just gets so misused because people aren't very smart. And, you know, uh, anyways... Tar is excellent because it veers a little bit into the notes on a scandal like, okay, we're going here now. You know, it goes a little too far sometimes, which is what it needs. You know, I need to, I, I'm game for that. I, I I saw After Sun and it was so boring. And I thought about that scene in Moonstruck when the grandfather says, you know, somebody tell a joke. Tar was amazing. Tar is, I think, a Taurus film. It's all about power. It's all about the... It's all about both sides, which is, you know, these people are really sycophantic to her. They want her... They want her to dominate them, but then suddenly they don't want her to dominate them. And it's about, you know, her discomfort with power, which we see... When people ascribe things to her that aren't really hers to hold, but eventually she just kind of accepts it and takes the role of leader and then they all want revenge on her. You know, that's so reductive, but I just thought it was so the next level of 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 this whole arc and this whole dialogue and this whole kind of saga. I just thought it was so not. I just, I felt like an adult. I felt like the, they wanted me to feel like an adult while I was watching the movie. And I also felt like the rebirth at the end of the movie really affected me. Like it really was, you know, when she's under the waterfall, I was just like, all right, fuck, we, we, we pick up and we keep going, you know, um, that director 
you know what I'm going to bring up. That director made Little Children, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Little Children... How many hours do we have? But Patrick Wilson, who I think deserves an Oscar for Aquaman... Patrick Wilson on the grass with Kate Winslet. He's staring at her. She turns to him and says, hot enough for you. I mean, you just, uh, I, I, I can't even, the laundry machine. Uh, just, okay. Um, anyways, go see Tar and just like reckon with your relationship with power and authority. Because by the way, Pluto's about to leave Capricorn in the next few years. And like this whole thing of like, I'm not going to be like my parents. I'm not a consumer. Like okay um yes at um i was at continental the gay bathhouse party this week in front of a room of towel clad men charlene performed my man from the funny girl Honestly, she didn't even do the Funny Girl film version. She did the, like, original Fanny Bryce rendition as covered by Barbra Streisand. To say we do not deserve uh, what we were given is an understatement. Uh, But, you know, it made me believe. Uh, All right, let's get into the one last big thing before we get into the astrology. I saw Black Panther. Ultimately, I loved it. There was some imagery in that movie that was truly like the highest form of pop mythology. Um, the incorporation of of Aztec imagery, religion, you know, concepts, spirituality, you know, the incorporation of the sun god beneath the water, all of it was above and beyond um, anything I could have expected. And it was really, really spectacular. Uh, Namor, first of all, gorgeous. Secondly, you know, as he's flying with the winged feet, I said, oh, Hermes, it's great to see you. Mercury, it's great to see you. Um, He really, you know, for all the ways that he's Neptunian, he really was more mercurial. Um, And I was just so happy to see Hermes, like, so beautifully represented and not... He's usually represented through, like, the speedster archetype. And it was beautiful to see him take this form. I think the movie... There were some moments where I felt like there were some character gaps, especially with Shuri. I just think like she had a lot to carry and I lost her at a few points. I also felt like Michaela Cole. I was like, let's not waste Michaela Cole. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's use her. Um, So I just think they they could have done a little more character work, but ultimately... I was gagged. The audience was screaming. I was like, I was really into it. Um, yeah, I loved it. And and I hope the third one is Dr. Doom. I mean, the issue with this one is we keep coming to this point about like how this movie, this franchise has to be about like the white world wanting to come for these people's riches. And we can't keep kind of delaying the inevitable. Like 
that's something that really can't happen in the Marvel universe, but like the inevitable is them like when when Namor offers her to like destroy the white world, it's like, yeah, girl, take the offer. Um, you know what I mean? Okay, so let's get to business. Jupiter. Jupiter, the swelling, surging, gaseous giant, the biggest, boldest planet in our solar system. Jupiter is the spotlight planet, and Jupiter spends, you know, about a year in each sign. With retrogrades, it gets a little tricky, but you get the idea. So just like as a review, we can really, you know, any kind of amateur astrologer can really look at what's up with Jupiter and just say, you know, this is where the culture is this year. And on an interpersonal level, you can look at your chart and say, all right, well, where's Jupiter right now and what's it kind of lighting up for me? Jupiter, um, actually my nylon guide to Jupiter should be coming out like this moment. But, you know, Jupiter is the planet of... Um, expansion and also synthesis and wisdom so you know jupiter can take kind of two forms it can take the zeusian thunder god uh like this booming swelling excessive abundant adventurous traveling you know um you know it can be a bit a, a cross between like chris hemsworth as thor and queen latifah and set it off okay <laughs> um but jupiter also can be the wise master. It can be Pai Mei. It can be Yoda or Obi Wan uh, or or Toph Beifong in uh, Legend of Korra. So you know it's this this thing about it's the planet of collecting experiences and then synthesizing them into wisdom. So there's a lot there. So we've talked about this a lot, but in 2021, Jupiter started its Pisces cycle. Uh, it went Pisces back to Aquarius. Um, it was in Pisces from, I think, December through May of 2022. We had a bit of an air. Jupiter started its cycle in Aries, May through, I think, August 2022. It's back in Pisces. So on November 23rd, Jupiter is going to go direct in Pisces. It ends the retrograde. And then December 21st, Jupiter is going to go into Aries. It's going to be in Aries until May 2023. Then it goes into Taurus. So what does this mean? Pisces is the final sign of the Zodiac. And this is like kind of a, a moment. Um, it takes Jupiter about 12 years to make a full cycle through the Zodiac. It was last in Pisces in that like 2010 into 2011 period. So... We're wrapping up like right now, like we're wrapping up a cycle. You got about a month and then this is done. I'm, I'm putting this out to say, you know, Jupiter rules Pisces. Um, it, it rules Pisces and Sagittarius. And when it's in Pisces, it's really about the culmination. So I've talked about this on this pod, but this is the year where I feel like everyone I know who's in a relationship during the pandemic broke up. Um, and we're also just getting a big sense of like a lot of the attitudes and aesthetics of the last decade are really starting to feel done. I was watching the White Lotus with my roommate and I was looking at the Portia character who I love. I think that actress is great. 
you know, the way she looks, the way she's styled and the way she dresses to me already feels like it's in the past. Um, you know, uh, Leila, Melissa, and I, Melissa Rich is watching Buffy for the first time. So we've been watching season five with her. What's interesting with Buffy, you know, Buffy starts as this late 90s show and it has these very late 90s styles. But you see season five, which is the first season of the new the new millennium and, and the George Bush years. Suddenly, everyone looks different. The styles are completely different. And you think, wow, if you put these people in whatever the bucket hats and the oversized sunglasses or whatever that they were wearing in season two in 1997, it would look ridiculous to them. Um, of course, all those styles have come back now. But but I'm, I'm trying to say that if you look at even... Um, if you look at the new millennium, it didn't really start outright until about 2002, 2003. You sometimes get these moments where a decade or an era, it doesn't start at the zero year mark. And as much as a reboot as COVID was, it's a lot of just the the looks of the last decade, which is, I think, a very kardashianized aesthetic um are going to be a a lot of kardashianism but inversely also a lot of twee aesthetics i don't think are going to be with us for much longer so you know i'm using the porsche character as an example because you look at her and you're like oh yeah this is a 2018 girl but we're not there anymore and when i say we're not there anymore what's just really important to think about is December 21st, this cycle is ending. Um, you know, we're still in bigger cycles. Saturn's going to be ending its own. Saturn's going into Pisces and in uh, next year and in 2025, Saturn will move into Aries and start a new 30-year cycle. But if we just want to think about the last 12 years, like, and I want to compound that with in March next year, Jupiter's going to go, in, not Jupiter, Pluto, the destroyer, is going into Aquarius. That's going to take a long time. It's going to go back and forth for a little bit. It won't really be like surging through Aquarius to like 2025. But Pluto's been in Capricorn since 2008. So I'm I'm really just trying to, to offer that this 2008 post-Obama, post-economic recession, identity, politics, era, you know, this whole way of and I'm just talking about Americans here, but this very limited myopic conversation we've all tried to have about class that has been so self-righteous and kind of embarrassing for everyone involved. Um, the, the kind of explosive, the explosive, um, uh, just absolute, dissemination of nostalgia culture reboots um and kind of like non-productive postmodernism that's ending um so we're gonna be done with that soon and you know if we were i've talked about this with saturn but saturn's gonna be going into pisces next year and we want to be thinking about that period in the 90s where we shifted from like we started we we shifted from like grunge um and we shifted into like buffy 
um, Destiny's Child, Spice Girls, Xena Warrior Princess. Like we we started to create new archetypes. They're postmodern archetypes, but they're new. So in December, Jupiter's going to go into Aries, and it's going to be there till May, and it, it's going to be just like the t- you know I, I'm just trying to to uh, this has been coming up a lot in readings like. We're all starting a new cycle. It's a new creative cycle. We're all going into the studio to create something new. And a lot of the stakes and terms and excuses are not going to be as relevant. This, you know, you don't need a great astrologer to tell you this, but when Pluto goes into Aquarius, and as we're seeing with Pluto wrapping up its term in, in, in Capricorn, Aquarius is the sign of technology and, and, and the dissemination of technology. Pluto is the destroyer. What's going on with Meta, what's going on with Twitter and Elon Musk, and what we're seeing going on with a lot of streaming services, I would just say, you know, I who have been shadow banned on Instagram, who have never like had a following or whatever... I don't know what the new stakes are going to be. I don't know what the new terms are going to be of. Is success determined by your following? Maybe it'll be worse than ever. It might be new terms. I don't know how metrics are going to work soon. I think a lot of things are going to be changing. As we see things move more in Aries, it's going to get more personal, which is not great because... How could anything already get more annoying and more personalized than it is now? But the personal sphere is also not bad because it deglobalizes your idea of your impact or influence. And it actually like puts some semblance of creative control back in your fingertips. So, you know, we're going to be zooming back in a little bit and we're going to be kind of closing out a lot of this paralysis in the face of global meltdown and it it's going to be an and you know this has a lot to do with this taurus eclipse cycle and uranus and taurus and what we were saying about portia portia and daphne on the white lotus it is gonna have to be a little bit more about like what's fun for you what do you like to do every day what do you want to cook and what do you want to make um, and less about this kind of like Met Gala panopticon hellscape. I'm not trying to be naive with that. I'm not saying that like those forces of power and influence are going to go away. They're probably going to get worse than ever. And I'm sure we're going to become like China and have some sort of a social capital score. But the, <clears throat> the impetus, I just think we're so far from 2020 right now. And as Jupiter goes to Aries, it's just going to be a little bit more like, yeah, like what's getting you out of bed in the morning? Okay. Like it, that's got to be enough. Um, I, I also just think Jupiter and Aries, Mars and Gemini, it's very like go have fun in the studio and go play and go create. I know I've talked about this a lot, but um, the Saturn, Saturn's going to be leaving Aquarius next year. Thank God. Saturn in Aquarius has been very useful, and I think it kind of saved this American election because it basically was some voice saying, we do need regulation, okay? 
But Saturn in Aquarius, I was listening to this interview with Pedro Almodovar from 1991 with Terry Gross, where they talk about how Time Me Up, Time Me Down was like brought to a censorship trial in the United States and how like it basically traumatized him. And he was like, since Franco left Spain, we don't have censorship. And he was like, I don't think like a fucking censor. I'm an artist. Like, I make the film I'm going to make. I don't think about what the censors will say. And I thought, like, <laughs> if only you knew what it what the world has become, where <clears throat> I and everyone I know is terrified of putting pen to paper because we are now <clears throat> pre-canceling ourselves. So, Yeah. You know, Taurus is the sign of, with Uranus and Taurus, we want to think about Taurus is the sign of indulgence and autocracy and autonomy. I think if you're listening to this podcast, it's very likely, you know, listen, if like, if you are Elon Musk listening to this podcast, you know, or or Putin or whatever, or like if you're like a franchise owner of a McDonald's chain, like obviously I think you should like examine your priorities, but more than that if you're listening to this podcast i assume you might have some imbalances to correct when it comes to your ideas of like what is selfish or like what is too much or like what is you taking up space um i just it's weird to me when the like people i know who do service or who like make art that actually matters are apologizing because someone else has it worse than them or someone else should have a voice and they shouldn't. I don't really know who that's helping. Um, and this has been going on for a really long time, I've been noticing this. So the Taurus thing is kind of like, this is mine, period. That's not necessarily always such a, a damaging, destructive thing. Um, so like, let's fucking take it. I also just want to say... I have, I'm an Aquarius rising, I'm a Taurus sun, I have a Taurus-Pluto opposition, who cares? The fixed signs are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. 2022 is the firestorm of the fixed signs. This is the, the grand guignol of the fixed signs. This is the arena you, if you have anything in those signs, especially if you have any of those as your rising sign, this is the purge. Um, I was talking with with um, Ruby two days ago, and I was like, I feel like... We, we both said this. It's like the end of Set It Off when <laughs> everyone has literally been blown up to smithereens and jada pinkett just like goes to mexico i think this has been a year of really jagged transformation and i'm probably gonna like bleach my hair platinum this week do what you gotta do stop pretending that things are gonna like stay the way they are like if shit's going down, this is real. And also, I just want to say with fixed signs right now, whatever's going down right now is going to last. So whatever you release right now, that's 
it's good. It's released. Like, this isn't necessarily going to be cyclical. This is a big closure point. This is culmination. Not just for the fixed signs. When Jupiter's in Pisces, we're culminating the last 12 years. So, like, if you have some goodbye to say, if you have some idea of yourself or some project that's been terrorizing you, say goodbye now. Like, re release it. Come to peace with it. And I know this is hypocritical for me because I cannot make a fucking decision about where I want to live. Whatever needs to be said goodbye to, though, of my old lifestyle or who I was, like, you better believe I'll show up. And now that I've said this on the podcast, I will. But I'm just kind of like, this is it. Like, your life won't look different next year. And by the way, next year, it is going to feel like we're in a real new decade. So, you know, say goodbye to 2016 you or 2019 you now. Um, it's not... Yeah, it's not just, it's just not going to be like the tea next year. Um, you know, I, 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 I always bring this up, but I, I just did my like twice annual rewatch of Batman Mask of the Phantasm, one of the greatest films of all time. Uh, you know that I, when I met Dana Delaney in person, I, um, at Joe's Pub, I, I made sure to talk to her about her voice work in it and on Superman the Animated Series. Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, it's similar to Brooklyn. I've been thinking about those two movies a lot where the character has an idea of the way their life is supposed to go and then it it takes a turn. You know, in Brooklyn, she, she goes to Ireland and she says, I, I wish it had been like this before. And in Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, he says... I need it to be different. Please let it be different. I didn't I I didn't count on ever being happy. You know, Batman is considering giving up being Batman because he's found love. Of course, it all ends in like a scorpionic blow up um and heartbreak, but there is just that sense of what if and like what if the plan has changed and like why are you still resisting that? So I'm just putting all that out there. Hopefully we will have some more episodes soon. Um, thank you so much for listening. Listen, uh, the December books are open. January books will be opening up soon. The new David Odyssey gift cards are up and they're pretty fabulous. Honestly, they're so beautiful. You can buy one and like print one and like literally like wrap it up and give it to your loved one i ryan mccown made them they're gorgeous um he literally makes me look like um an x-men trading card from 1996 more of a cloud card but you get the idea um so you know where to find me ruby and i will be teaching a course in december so watch the space i am at davidodyssey.com davidodyssey.substack.com dot 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 thank you for listening i love you Mwah. our kids have said to us since we've moved to minnesota we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived moving to minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us just this overall sense of community of values that you know minnesotans have it's a real accepting loving community especially with two young kids see what makes minnesota the star of the north New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs> <laughs>